What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. TFA fam, what is going on? Thank you all for joining us for another show. Today we're going to be going over our Week 8 wide receiver rankings. I just want to rattle off a couple of injuries we need to pay attention to. DeAndre Hopkins, two DNPs to start the week. It was a hamstring injury, so that one is a little bit new compared to the the ribs and I guess an illness that he's been battling recently. Antonio Brown, Jalen Waddell, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, T.Y. Hilton, and Odell Beckham are all injuries we have to pay attention to. But looking at our top 12 rankings for Week 8, we're going to kick things off with Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins at 4, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, C.D. Lamb, and Terry McLaurin at 12. All right, Kev, uh, let's go through, let's touch on a couple of these top 12 wide receivers. Yeah, first I just want to touch on Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm a little bit lower on him than you guys are. Not significantly, but, um, you know, I have him at six. You guys have him at two and three. I just can't put him, you know, locked in top two or three guy every week. I mean, the upside is certainly still there, but, I mean, he's been kind of a little bit more boomer bust this year. He has been dealing with a quad injury for a better part of a month, and it's kind of obvious uh, with the way that he plays, there's even been some discussion of maybe they should rest him, but I don't think it's enough where you're going to sit him or anything like that. I would just lower expectations a little bit for him. This is a really good matchup against the Giants. I know they have James Bradbury, but James Bradbury is not the James Bradbury he used to be. And so other than that, like, you know, this secondary doesn't scare me that much, but defense just continue to do the same thing against them. And that is play too high safety, take away their deep ball and force them to beat them underneath. And the Chiefs just haven't been willing to do so. They continue to just like bang their head against the wall. Like, nope. Uh-uh, we're the Chiefs. We're going to keep doing the same thing. Eventually, it's going to work. I mean, it eventually, it has to, right? Right? And they just keep doing the same thing. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world until they figure that out. You know, this offense is going to be frustrating a little bit. But, uh, you know, with him, I mean, he still has had some pretty solid performances, obviously, this year. He's had two really monster performances. and then But he's had some other really bad weeks. He had 5.9, 9.7. Um, you know, there for, you know, weeks two and three. And then, you know, even last week, he had 12.7. It's not terrible, but it's just... It's just not the same kind of uh, steady production that we're used to with him. So I just I would just be a little bit lower on him than usual. The other one is Deontay Johnson. He's a guy that I actually have at four, well higher than everybody else uh, here in my rankings. And listen, Cleveland's secondary is bad. The, the Steelers are actually throwing at the eighth highest rate in the league. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson is seventh in target share on the season. They're actually using him more deep, which is uh, good to see. Because, you know, we were so used to seeing him last year have like a, you know, a 1.2 A dot uh, because it was everything was right at the line of scrimmage. They're actually trying to get him the ball deep. And so and and they've actually connected on some of them. And I've been surprised uh, with with some of those plays that they've been able to complete. So I just think Deontay Johnson is absolutely locked in 
rest of season top 10 tight uh what top 10 wide receiver with uh juju smith schuster out it just really consolidates the the target share here in this offense and you know we saw it last week you know the last time they played in week six he had 13 targets he has double digit targets in every game but one and that was week five where only had two but other than that he had 10 targets 12 13 two and 13 and so he's got to see an, an insane target share every single week and he's and the volume is going to carry him and so I love Deontay Johnson, and I'm going to love him every single week. I think he is a locked-in top 10 wide receiver moving forward. And I actually think he's a guy you could probably trade for because I don't think he's a guy that carry, gets the recognition that he deserves. Yeah. And I think he is an elite wide receiver. And if he's going to continue to see this kind of dominant target share, he's seventh in targets as a 28% target share, uh, almost 29%. Uh, he's somebody that I would actually be looking to trade for, and I think that you could get him probably a little bit cheaper than what you should be able to. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just a little bit lower on him for this week for all the reasons that I already talked about in the running back show whenever we were talking about Najee Harris and Nick Chubb. But basically just comes down to this is a game that opened up at 43.5. The point total has been bet down to 42.5. And and both these teams are also uh, running plays at a very low rate in, in neutral situation game scripts. I think Pittsburgh was 21st and I want to say Cleveland was like 31st or 30th. They were one of the like the bottom three or four teams in terms of pace of play. So I, I agree. I, I do think that Deontay Johnson doesn't carry the fantasy weight that he should. And especially with them coming off by, you know, talking about a, an offense that, you know, outside of Najee Harris, people aren't all that excited about. So I do like him as a uh, as a nice buy low or at least at a, a lower value than what he should be going for. I just want to touch on one guy here quickly in the top 12, and that's going to be Keenan Allen. Obviously, the story this year with the Chargers has been Mike Williams finally breaking out and doing so in a big, big way. Keenan Allen has been very disappointing. He is wide receiver 34 and half PPR scoring, but the usage numbers are still there. 13th in targets. 11th in receptions, a 24.6% target share, but he's 23rd in yards and only has one score on the year. With this matchup against New England, I I think Bill Belichick and that team turn their attention to Mike Williams because he's honestly been the one who's been hurting defenses with his just massive games and his big playability. They're going to have to worry about Austin Eckler as well. So I do think this could be a game in week eight where we see Keenan Allen kind of remind everybody that he is still pretty damn good in his own right. One thing to note here is the the corner who had been playing the most slot snaps for New England, Jonathan Jones, was put on IR last week. And even with him not playing in week seven, he still sits at seventh in terms of most yards given up while uh, while in slot coverage. So can't imagine that you know Bill was letting that go on if they had somebody better behind him. So I do really like Keenan Allen in week eight to kind of bounce back and get on the right track here. Moving over to our wide receiver twos for week eight, Chris Godwin at 13, followed by DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, AB, Mike Williams, Adam Thielen, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Mike Evans, and Big Bobby Trees at 24. Kev. Wide receiver twos, do your thing. Uh, first thing, I, w- I just want to talk about Calvin Ridley. And I know he's uh, been super frustrating, and I know people are getting yes. frustrated with him because he's just yes. not putting up any of the production that we thought he was going to. 
uh, this year. I mean, his best week came week two against Tampa Bay, where he only had 19.3, which was seven, uh, the 17th. He has not had a single wide receiver one week to start the season. And I think he's still an incredible buy low. I think people are going to be getting, continue to get tired of him and where he's just, I mean, he's not killing you, but he's not really helping you either. And you know, where you probably drafted him, isn't really helping him either, Correct. but he, he is still seeing, he has 52 targets, which is 18th has had his buy. And so, you know, I think he will be, you know, well into the top, you know, seven or eight here with that. He's a 27% target share. He's seen at least double digit targets in every game this year, but one. I think Calvin Ridley is an incredible buy low. Like he's not going to run this this low all year, right? Yeah. Things are going to turn it around. He's going to find the end zone a little bit more often. He has two touchdowns on the season, but you know, I think I think that he will get better. I know the last couple of weeks we've really seen Kyle Pitts really come on in this offense, but um, I, I do like Calvin Ridley as kind of a uh, you know an incredible buy low. They are third in pass plays per game as well, so. I think all the other uh, the metrics are there or lining up for him. It's just been the fact that that you know he just hasn't really seen any explosive plays. He only has five or excuse me six deep targets on the season. You know, but he does have eleven red zone targets, so he is seeing the you know the volume inside the red zone. I think things will correct themselves with Calvin Ridley, and if you can buy him for cheaper than what he what he should be, I, I'm all about that live for Calvin Ridley. Um, and then the other guy I want to talk about is uh, Michael Pittman. He has just been excellent so far this year. If you look at him, I mean, he has, you know, two uh, wide receiver one weeks. He is coming off a big week uh, last week. You know, we're on a, on a week where he only saw four targets, four receptions for 105 yards at a touchdown. He caught two long passes in that game. And so he has, uh, is securing 23% of the targets in this offense, 14.1 fantasy points per game. He's 26th in yards after the catch. He's 25th in yards per route run. So, I mean, everything is lining up for him. He's also has a 35.2% market share of the air yards. And this, again, is kind of a consolidated offense a little bit. I mean, especially now they lose Paris Campbell. T.Y. Hilton should be back this week, but yeah. I don't think that really hurts Michael Pittman all that much. And they've had the last couple of weeks where they really haven't had to throw the ball that much. And so, you know, he's still been able to produce even in those situations. So um, I, I like Michael Pittman a lot. And I think this is a matchup where, you know, we want to exploit because Tennessee has been terrible against opposing wide receivers. They've allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, the most receiving yards to wide receivers. And so I love Michael Pittman in this matchup. I probably could have him even higher than I do because I just think this is a credible matchup for him, a game where they're going to have to score some points. And so I love Michael Pittman this week. Great value for him because I, mean, I think he was a guy that we were consistently all offseason talking about yeah. uh, a must-have in the later rounds. He was going in like eighth, ninth round. And so Michael Pittman is paying off in a big way right now. And I think you know he could end the year as a solid wide receiver too to end the season. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. He was a guy who I was going to talk about, so I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, real quickly, obviously mentioned at the top, we have to pay attention to Antonio Brown sat out last week, and the Bucks do have their bye coming up after this week. So maybe they look to sit Antonio Brown, but I like him a lot. I have him ranked as if he's going to play. You know, again, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, so a lot of this information we just don't have right now. But I have him currently as a wide receiver one. We're expecting Mike Evans to get the, uh, the Lattimore treatment in this matchup against New Orleans. And Marshawn Lattimore has uh, won that battle more often than not. So uh, A.B. and Godwin, obviously we have Godwin at the top of our wide receiver two ranks, but if A.B. is able to play, I really like him in this matchup. 
So let's go ahead and move on to our wide receiver threes for the week. Kicking things off with Cordero Patterson, receiver, running back, whatever. He's still getting a boatload of opportunities in that offense. Followed by T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Devonta Smith, Manny Sanders, Jerry, Judy coming off of IR. Jalen Waddle, again, another injury we have to monitor. Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers, Julio Jones, and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 36 for us for week eight. Kev, these wide receiver threes, who do you like and why do you have them where you have them? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of guys that I think carry some risk just because of the, the, the game environment they're going to be playing in, but I do like T. Higgins uh, going up against the Jets. Again, it's a game that, you know, could end up being much more of a run-heavy game for Cincinnati. He doesn't really have to do a lot through the air. But, um, you know, I don't. it's not like they're not going to throw it all. So I, I do think that a guy like T. Higgins can really produce here in this matchup. You know, coming back from last week where he had – 15 targets against the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Love to see that. He had two red zone targets as well. And then can Devonta Smith just be the most unlucky wide receiver ever? Like the, the guy every week feels like he has a touchdown that gets called back or something happening. But again, fantastic matchup against Detroit. You know, uh, Devonta Smith has just been on the wrong side of, you know, variance really. And this has been really unlucky. He's had like three or four touchdowns called back to penalty this year. But this is a great matchup against against Detroit. And I think you can plug him in and feel really confident with him. Jerry Judy. He's back, boys. Let's go. He's back. Okay. Jerry Judy is back. He's expected to play this week and gets a great matchup against mm-hmm. the uh, Washington football team. Uh, they have been terrible against opposing wide receivers so far this year. And so uh, I do think Jerry Judy, while I don't, you know, we don't necessarily know how much he's going to mix in, but I feel like if they're activating him, they're playing him, that he is good to go. And should be healthy here. Now, I do have to mention that this offense has been pretty much doo-doo butter, uh, the, you know, really over the last couple of weeks. Amazing what happens whenever you don't play bottom half teams like the Jaguars and the Jets, right? Uh, you know, all of a sudden you get exposed Weird. a little bit. And this is a, an offense that has kind of went the wrong direction. But in a matchup against Washington, this should be a good bounce back spot for this for this offense. So I do like uh, Jerry Judy here. I think you can plug him in and feel pretty safe about him as a solid wide receiver three. And then Jacoby Myers, the Chargers have been really good against opposing wide receivers. They've been really bad against the run. They've been much better against the pass. But Jacoby Myers playing a majority of his, uh, his routes from the slot. You know, the guy the guy officially has to find the end zone, right? You know, and you find last week, oh, a wide receiver threw a touchdown to another wide receiver. And neither one of them was Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers, <laughs> former quarterback, the guy cannot get it lucky and find the end zone. But still, every single week, because of the targets he's seeing, a solid wide receiver three. And then lastly, Tyler Lockett. I'm not playing him. Don't play him. Stay away from him. I know it's a great matchup against Jacksonville, but he's just not seeing any sort of volume whatsoever. Uh, Pete Carroll's got to Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll's got to run the ball as much as he possibly can if you're going to allow him to. In a matchup against Jacksonville, they're definitely going to allow him to. So he's just not – there's just no volume there for them and whatsoever. And so I just cannot trust Tyler Lockett. So, yeah, I am staying away. And I'm sure he'll go off for 40 points this week. As is tradition. Uh, just really quickly on Jerry Judy. Like, I, I had to, like, stop myself from just putting him up where I probably would have had him had he been playing this whole year. I'm, I'm staying steady with it. I think he is going to be the number one target for the rest of the year. The thing that, like, I keep coming back to is, one, 
I think Jerry Judy is just a much better fit for Teddy Bridgewater and how he operates. And we have to remember week one, this dude saw seven targets on 24 routes run before he got injured. So maybe it takes a, you know, a week or two to kind of knock off the rust or, you know, whatever cliche you want to you know put in right here. But you guys can expect to see Jerry Judy in my top 24 week in and week out from here on out. Uh, outside of that, let's just move on over to some of the guys that we have outside of the top 36, guys you can look to play as uh, as flex plays. I'll just kick things off real quickly. The Arizona receivers, obviously, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out, we're going to bump these guys up. Both Christian Kirk and A.J. Green are guys I think you can feel comfortable playing. I like both those guys going up against a beat-up Packers secondary. Sterling Shepard, again, Injury, pay attention to it. But in this matchup against Kansas City, you already talked about it. They are 10 or 10 and a half point dogs with a, with an over-under of 52 and a half. So, you know, we've seen what Sterling Shepard has done when he's kind of the focal point of that, uh, of that passing offense. Close to double-digit targets every week that he has been fully healthy. And then if you need a dart throw kind of guy, Van Jefferson – I think you could plug in, you know, as a in your deeper leagues, right? You're probably not going to have to play him in 12 team leagues with only the Ravens and Raiders on bye weeks. But if you're, you know, maybe you have an extra flex spot or you're in a 14 team league or higher, I think he does make some sense. Uh, he's played fewer than 64% of the snaps just once this season, has three scores on the year and two games with 80 plus yards. So going up against Houston, if you need that kind of dart throw, boom bust kind of guy i do like van jefferson for me I, I think there's a few guys that i really wanted to highlight one we're gonna have to monitor this giant situation because i mean they have so many players that they that may possibly yeah. miss sterling shepherd kenny galladay if those guys do i think somebody like darius slayton is an interesting option this week he mm -hmm. actually um you know saw a pretty heavy uh, amount of targets last week so in a matchup against kansas city they're gonna have to throw the ball um, I do like Darius Slayton as kind of a flex option this week if you needed to do that. Allen Robinson. It's it, it's like baffling. It's it. Buttling to me. And I don't know if he's like checked out. Like he's just not interested anymore. And maybe that he's trying to get them to trade him because, uh, you know, the trade deadline's coming up and this is, you know, he's a, he's a franchise tag. So maybe they, maybe they move him. Um, I, I don't know with Allen Robinson because he just, he just I mean, is not seeing targets that him and Justin Fields are just not on the same page whatsoever. And so I see some people say you should drop him. No, you shouldn't like, do not like in a 12 team league or higher. Like if you look at most waiver wires, like there's, it's pretty barren yeah. options of wide receivers out there or anywhere. I mean, there's a few guys, but nobody that has the, the sort of ceiling and upside that Allen Robinson has. Unfortunately, he's just somebody that you have to sit on your bench until he starts to show something because I don't think this is going to be something that goes on all year. And it's crazy because this is a contract year for him. And so yeah. like, I mean, if, I mean, he's not a young wide receiver, he's not 26, you know, he's getting up there in age and this is probably his last chance, you know, at a big contract or at least a decent sized contract. And so I don't know, maybe they're trying to suppress his value or something. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. I do know Matt Nagy should be fired. He should have already been fired. And maybe this is how, Allen Robinson does bounce back and we all regret not playing him this week is that Matt Nagy's on the COVID list. And so I don't want to see anybody be on the COVID list, but you know, Hey, 
hey, maybe this offense actually wakes up. And it's going to be fantastic if Matt Nagy misses this game and all of a sudden this offense completely wakes up and looks great this week. I will. It would be fantastic against San Francisco. I digress. I think some other options. Khalif Raymond, not a name that I didn't have on my bingo card this year. Not somebody that I thought I'd be talking about. But, you know, if you look at him this year, I mean, he's had some pretty competent weeks. Week three, he had 12.8. Week four, he had 19.6. And then he had, a you know, a little bit of a, a couple of down games. And But then but last week against L.A., 17.6. He appeared maybe is the guy that, that uh, Jared Goff looks to throw to. They're going to be trailing every week, so passing opportunities are always going to be there for this offense. And so I don't love the play. I don't feel great about it. But – you know, I think he is an option that for you know for people like looking at a flex option at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, I think, is a pretty borderline wide receiver three this week against Tennessee. I already talked about how bad they're, they're they are against wide receivers, and so I do like T.Y. Hilton as an option. We're gonna wrap things up. Appreciate all of you checking out another show of TFAs. Please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button if you're checking us out on YouTube podcast. Do your thing over there. Leave us a rate and review. Check the links below. We do have some TFA merch that we uh, just put out, the free Discord. And then if you're into uh, player props, make sure you check out Thrive Fantasy as well. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.